1: In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country To do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. The checks and balances are brilliant and put in place by the founding fathers. That is, they are, I should say, one of the grateful, peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We reject revolution. Let me just say that again, folks, because it's important to understand. We want a peaceful restoration. Will they let us have it? Only time will tell, but we can sure pray for it and work towards it, that's for sure. A quick recap of Saturday's show with Chris Carlson. We talked about Biden signed a, quote, G20 summit. Uh, They call it a forced use of vaccination passports. Yeah, for international travel. Believe it or not, vaccine passports are promoted by the world's G20. Uh, The 20 biggest economies give go ahead. So you and I think that, hey, the G20 uh, has no effect. Well, they shouldn't in America, but they certainly do. You and I uh, also believe, hey, you know what? Congress has to pass this stuff. No, well, they're supposed to, but they don't. The bottom line is Joe should be impeached over this. But while you and I thought, man, COVID's over, thank heavens we finally got through that. No, they're literally pushing for vaccination passports for international travel. Wow. We also talked about it with Small Business Saturday, uh, and we want you to support small business. We talked about the fall of the crypto cabal. FTX was a massive money laundering slush fund. They say for Democrats, apparent self-hack to drain all assets, that's Mike Adams, but I appreciate his point, but it's not Democrats, it's really the deep state, folks. Cryptocurrency is a highly speculative casino currency that has absolutely no intrinsic value at all and is unconstitutional to be used by governments. Now they're trying to back into a, quote, government-backed cryptocurrency. It is a shame. Gold and silver is God's decreed, constitutional money and it requires labor to extract it from the earth and it has intrinsic value. Joel Skousen says he's never been a fan of cryptocurrency. Uh, I can see why. Frederick Bastier, we talked about the broken window fallacy. When a portion of wealth passes from a person who has acquired it without his quote consent and without compensation, folks, a sin has been committed. There's been a violation of property rights. There's been an act of plunder, Frederick Bastier. Life, liberty, and property do not exist because men have made laws. On the contrary, men made laws to protect the existence of life, liberty, and property that existed beforehand. The great lie is that if the government doesn't do it, nobody will. Second hour, we talked about what is law, what is liberty, and why do we study good law if we can't currently practice good law because laws are eternal. Learning to understand the proper role of government and self governing individuals is critical to restore the republic. We finally talked about the great lie. They all lied, and we have proof. Highly sensitive. Department of Justice, January 6th, documentation now leaked to the Gateway pundit. FBI had a confidential human source that was implanted with the Proud Boys, ran FBI operation on January the 6th on the ground. Listen, the Proud Boys were innocent. They didn't do anything wrong. The same evidence is coming out in court about the Oath Keepers. Uh, This guy's name is uh, James Aaron Noels, I guess is his name. He was a confidential informant, and he basically said, hey, you know what? I don't have any evidence. All I know is they're basically facing decades in prison, many of these guys. And this handler said, look, they didn't do anything. According to Joel Skowz's World Affairs Brief, more information even came out. Brian Higgins, congressman, trapped Christopher Ray into admitting, with well, a pointed yes or no question, "Did the agents, and or anyone else, were they directed by the FBI?" Ray wouldn't answer. If that's not a yes, I don't know what is. And anyway, last point: vaccinated people make up the majority of COVID deaths in the u.s for the first time since the great covid lie man we talked about a lot on your radio without further ado let's bring on our co-host for today dr scott bradley com. welcome back any comments about uh, saturday's show
2: oh yeah <clears throat> it would be unusual <laughs> for me to not have a few comments um first of all um well, I don't know. We don't need to spend the whole time on it. So, but I, uh, I want to take somewhat of an issue with this uh, G20 signing by um, Joe Biden. Amen. Uh, his signing does not make it law. His signing does sure. not make it affect the Constitution. His signing does not make it have power over the uh, citizens of the nation. Um, it is a just a scurrilous agreement that a president that probably doesn't have the brain power at this point to be able to know what he signed uh, it that's all it is now if you read the Constitution people will see that the you know and we could go through the article six stuff that some people try and perversely twist to make it sound like it might be but it isn't but that that would take probably the whole show article six talks about treaties um, that are in conformance with the United States Constitution, become the law of the land. And, of course, the American Founding Fathers spoke extensively about the limits and bounds of treaties. Treaties are only in effect for that which treaties were designed to do. Commerce, for example, trade, those kind of things. But the the Founding Fathers specifically and unequivocally denied that signing a treaty changed the Constitution. Use your logic, reason, and or
1: circumvented the Constitution, for that matter.
2: Correct, and uh, so if just look at uh, what happens to change the Constitution, you have to have two thirds of both houses put forth a proposed amendment. They go out to the states to get ratified by three quarters of the states. If the, the or if they have a convention, then the convention has a process that they go through. But if you just had a presidential signing, it would preclude. The right of the people to alter or abolish their constitution because the people are not involved, and the consent of the governed never is engaged. So those basis alone. But we also have Supreme Court decisions, for example, Reed v. Covert in 1957 stated specifically that executive agreements nor treaties can in any way overshadow, overreach, over set aside whatever you want to say the Constitution. There is nothing it, for the reasons that I've stated here, but in addition, uh, for the fact that it it just is a violation at every turn. So this Reed v. Covert. Well, we don't need to go into the details of it. It's it's an interesting case. You ought to read it. You ought to read the whole case just to see how specifically the courts rejected the idea that an executive or a treaty. See the treaty. A treaty gets. Re, um, ratified by two-thirds of the Senate. That does not mean that the people have given their consent. It does not follow the constitutional process. This is not a treaty. It's simply an idiot in an office signing something that has no more constitutional authority than you or me signing it. So, so here's the deal. People need to understand if we act like it, it does that, it, it de facto begins to do it and and, there there, and is, that was no, my point
1: earlier that constitutionally it shouldn't but because the president signed that if we're not careful and if we the people don't stand up and stop him and or if congress doesn't impeach him over these belligerent abuses of power
2: we may be eventually forced uh to it well the, <laughs> it's only because we have complicit officers in the government that are seeking to overthrow the freedom of the land that is exactly what it does I mean, even if even if it was a treaty, even if it went through the two-thirds thing in the Senate, which it will not do, uh, the Senate is, well, I don't know. We have so many people that are abandoning their oath of office in the Senate that it's hard to discover what might happen. The 12 Republicans that crossed over the, on this respect for merit, marriage uh, cloture thing uh, makes me believe that if they can get 12, they can get 17, whatever. Anyway... <coughs> This this thing is is highly charged, but but what it does oh, it doesn't take from other nations. Let's say if France says oh you've got to have a uh, a uh, COVID passport to come to France, or if Germany says it, or if Tibet, whoever says it, those nations are at liberty to do as they wish, but the United States say if at this saying the United States is bound now, because the uh, I don't want to use too many derogatory terms. The president of the United States, I guess that's derogatory now too. President of the United States signed something does not make it change the constitution, binding on the nation or law in any way shape or form. And and we can simply ignore it. It's it's kind of like Biden's idiocy in this uh student uh loan not just deferment but forgiveness. He has no authority to do that. Uh, You cannot, all all legislative authority is found in the first article of the United States Constitution to to be in the hands of the House and the Senate. And and those guys created some things that are illegal, unconstitutional, everything anyway. But the courts. Yeah, sadly, they say the
1: Constitution uh, is set aside when a president becomes a dictator, folks. And the truth of the matter is, that's a lie. But unless we the people demand on the rule of law, it's going to be trouble. Hang tight. Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com on your radio. To Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, finishing up on this topic. Just because the president signed some goofy deal with some international G20 body, that doesn't make it so in the great United States of America. We have checks and balances that prohibit this. But you know what? Unless we, the people, stand up, unless our uh, elected officials stand up and stop the president from these abuses and say, look, you have no authority to codify uh, these things. You're criminal in your behavior. You're acting outside of your scope of authority, and you must be impeached and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. He's going to get away with it. And if we're not very careful, this is going to become the order of the day by fiat and by edict,
2: Dr. Bradley. Well, therein lies the problem, ignorance. And it's we, the people, that have... uh, where does this all fall back to? Every single step of the way, we have been complicit uh, by our vote and by our voice and by our inactivity in all of the criminal activity that's going on at every level of every government that we've got in this nation. And, and it's high time that people become aware of the fact that th- that these charades that are being foisted upon us, these mandates that are being foisted upon us, I mean, and, and the fact of the matter is that even if it were declared by the "quote-unquote" Supreme Court, which, well, we could talk that about that at great length too, nullification, say the people say no, we're we are not going to do this. Now, the far too many of the goons, whether it's the blue-shirted TSA people that are out there nowadays, or or any of the other uh, local agencies, even that have been co-opted into the uh, the net of, of the general government through grants and contracts and everything else like that, uh, they hire mercenaries for crying out loud. Look at what happened down at the Bunkerville, Nevada with the Bundys down there where they had uh, recently discharged special operators uh, that were hired to uh, basically provide the muscle to get everybody to stand down this is it's it's an absolute travesty for where the nation started out and to how we got here so we the people have got to start holding everybody that holds office responsible they should be removed they should be fired whatever you want to call it um, impeachment is absolutely uh, something that ought to be happened ought to happen and indeed uh, criminal activity after impeachment and removal from office ought to be pursued in uh, in courts of law And unless we take these
1: actions of the checks and balances, doctor, we're in trouble in America because the checks and the balances uh, are the key. We just talked about one of them. We, the people, and or elected officials in different branches of government, such as the judicial branch and the legislative branch, their job, in part, is to rein in uh, the executive branch. And the executive branch and the, you know, legislative branch should reign in the judicial branch. And the judicial branch and the executive branch should reign in the legislative branch. And, you know, these are the checks and balances we're talking about. as long as we do not demand them or obey them, you will have government agencies. And you will have different branches of government, you know what, taking power unto themselves, uh, wrongfully so. And uh, there's another example to make this point in addition to uh, the first one we just mentioned about the president. The next one, a headline says this, 12 jurors are too many, question mark? Supremes now rewrite, quote, constitutional amendment continues to undermine the integrity of the nation's judicial proceedings. Bob writes the piece for WND.com. He does a superb job highlighting the problem. And it basically says a public interest law firm Our law team now is warning that the U.S. Supreme Court has gone into dangerous territory, now denying defense in criminal cases, their constitutional right to a 12-person jury trial. Now, let's be clear. This is not uh, the first time this has happened. This has been going on for decades, literally over 100 years this abuse has been going on. But they used to just chip away at it. And it's of great concern. It should have been stopped, you know, decades and decades ago. Over 100 years ago, it should have been stopped when they tried to encroach on this. What they'll say is if it's not, you know, criminal, it's civil, you don't have to this. If it's small or minor, the dollar amount so that you know, doesn't pass this muster, you can violate it. Da, 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 da. But now it's way worse because they're literally thumbing their nose at this at the Supreme Court level and ignoring the Founding Father-esque demand and the codified constitutional demand that we have fully informed juries. The comments come from the Rutherford Institute, which has filed a brief in a a certain case. Uh, It's called Karami versus Arizona. In that case, the state had determined that courts could essentially avoid the requirement found in the Sixth Amendment hey, you don't really have to have a 12-person jury. You can give people eight members on the jury. In refusing to hear an appeal about this, the Supreme Court let stand a lower court ruling that undermines. Okay, now Neil Gorsuch agreed with the Rutherford Institute that this has got to stop, but hey, the court let it stand. We now live in a society, folks, in which a person Can be accused of a number of crimes not even really knowing exactly what they've done. And then the Sixth Amendment should serve as an anecdote to the abuses of the American police state. Ensuring that people, when they're accused of a crime, knowing what they're being charged of, being able to face their accuser. I mean, I could go on and on. But anyway, this guy, I guess, was convicted for theft in a fraudulent scheme or whatever. But an Arizona law now allows criminal defendants to be charged and have an eight-person jury and only a 12-person jury in charges where there's death or imprisonment of 30 years or more. This is insane, although the U.S. Supreme Court subsequently subsequently refused to hear his appeal. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh dissented and said this isn't right. This is serious business, Doctor Bradley.
2: Well, I know we won't get done with this before the uh, the break at the bottom of the hour, but uh, we got to do a little backstory on this for people to really understand uh, what's going on. The Constitution does mention jury trials in the third article. There's no number associated with it. The jury trial is, and and just I'll give you a little backstory on that. Even when the Constitution was signed, September 17, seventeen eighty-seven. Madison was thrilled to send to Thomas Jefferson, who was ambassador to France, uh, the newly minted Constitution. Here's what we we just put together, he said. Jefferson wrote back, and I've got his correspondence and Madison's correspondence, and this is the short story. And uh, basically, uh, Jefferson said, here's what I like about it, here's what I don't like about it. It doesn't adequately protect the jury and uh he talked about how the jury was essential to maintain your liberty so um I, I, madison's going to oh, wait 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 it says that in article three that that you can be a trial's got to be by jury you know that kind of stuff well jefferson and quite a few other ardent patriots were of the opinion that it needed to be protected more strongly and jefferson by the way said a bill of rights was necessary so, at any rate, um, the ratification process went forward. It appeared that the ratification was probably going to fail, unless there was an agreement either to, to go back to convention or to send forth a Bill of Rights through the amendment process. So that was agreed to, and we could talk about why there was resistance initially and all that kind of stuff. I'm so thankful that the uh, <coughs> anti-federalists uh, got their way on this one, because everything they have predicted has come true. Uh, but it would have been worse. Uh, not only everything they rights. predicted
1: has come true, but even more so than they even imagined, Doctor. Exactly.
2: So here we have um, a bill of rights that gets brought forth, and so in the bill of rights, multiple amendments are focused on the protecting the jury. I mean, you know, you can look, for example, the Fifth Amendment talk about grand juries there. Uh, the Sixth Amendment talks about having these uh, impartial juries the the 7th amendment if something is more than a $20 controversy in civil suits you get a jury i mean all of these things that went into the bill of rights actually were strengthening the idea of the of the uh, jury the juries historically and always and we can go back to you know jefferson again if you wish where he talked about the fact that the juries have the absolute power to judge both the law and the facts okay so so they, they, you know, if a, if a law was what it was and it said in plain English what it was and the, the case was cut, cut and dried, open and shut, the fact that that law had been violated, the jury had the right to say, you know what, I know about that law, but the law doesn't apply in this case because it would make it unjust. And we could ta- give you some examples about that if you wanted. So they could set the law aside in that case it doesn't set it aside forever and ever and ever and ever as they say they do in the in the supreme court it sounds like we've got to take a break but let me yeah we'll back. take a break well, but maybe.
1: ladies and gentlemen it lets you, i'll give you a great example if the irs wants to take a, a take away somebody's home you might say yeah you know what there are taxes on the books we can debate that till the cows come home but taking away somebody's home that's a little extreme where they won't have a place to live and they become homeless we're not doing that and they could overturn the law and say no we're not going to let you take people's homes that's a great example of the point. Quick pause on your radio.
0: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
5: The Houston, Texas Independent School District canceled classes on Monday due to a citywide boil water notice. The boil water notice is in effect for the entire city as well as some West University residents. Officials say the water pressure at a purification plant dropped below the state's required minimum 20 PSI. Houston Water Director Yvonne Williams-Forrest on KHOU 11 News last night.
6: The system pressures are above the
5: regulatory requirements. Um, we did have a low pressure event earlier today and per TCEQ regulation required us to issue a boil water notice the city of chesapeake virginia has scheduled a candlelight vigil this evening that will honor and remember the victims of last week's mass shooting at a walmart store six employees were killed six were wounded by a store supervisor late tuesday near virginia's atlantic coastline members of the clergy in chesapeake are inviting the community
4: we want to ask our god for peace uh, because there's so much uh, turmoil and uh, violence in our world today. Law
5: enforcement authorities in six different countries have taken down a super cartel of drug traffickers controlling about one-third of the cocaine trade in Europe. Europol says 49 suspects have been arrested during the investigation. The raids took place across Europe and the United Arab Emirates throughout November. Over 30 metric tons of the drug was seized during the investigation. A landslide has taken the lives of seven souls Sunday on the resort island of Ischia, Italy. Officials said those lives lost included a three-week-old infant and a pair of young siblings buried in the mud and debris that hurled down the mountainside and through a densely populated port city off the coast of Naples. USA Radio News.
0: With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time in-
3: Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. It was very easy to use from the login and the setup was extremely easy. I didn't have to call anyone for help. I was able
5: to do it on my own. And I love the fact that I can run my payroll and print my pay stubs and then you guys do all of the filing for me. So I get a quarterly report that everything's been filed on my behalf. And then at the end of the year, I can print out my W-2s. So I use you guys. I tell everybody, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Why anybody doesn't use y'all, I don't know.
3: Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com,
0: accounting and payroll, keep your time and money.
1: all right live and on your radio ladies and gentlemen sam bushman dr scott bradley talking about juries really focusing on fully informed juries understanding that you know what you on a jury folks need to have 12 people first of all that is constitutional uh you know what you need to stand up for these things believe it or not back in 1898 the supreme court ruled that the jury referred to in the original constitution And in the Sixth Amendment is a jury constituted on common law, which is no more or less than 12 persons. Blackstone wrote that no person could be found guilty of a serious crime unless the truth of every accusation was confirmed by 12 of his equals and neighbors. Okay, this is serious. And we've seen this being chipped away at for a long time, the simplest of which is jury uh, receives instructions from a judge that doesn't let, give them the latitude that they really have, the authority they really have via jury instructions saying, hey, here's what you've gotta do, or here's what you can do uh, or can't do, or, or et cetera. Uh, but the greatest of which is the Supreme Court literally saying, hey, we could just put eight people, or in Florida, they in the early 70s, they had, well, let's just do six people on the jury or whatever. The reason that the bar was set so high was to ve- to defend the innocent, Dr. Bradley.
2: Let's be clear, unless someone wants to find fault, that there is not a number for a jury in the Constitution or in any of the amendments. And, uh, and so just having said that, though, let me just also concur that Blackstone and others wrote extensively about the juries and their numbers. But it was not written into the Constitution. And so people will say, see, you don't have to go. No, it doesn't have to be 12. But historically, and by all previous precedent, the well, let's just go back even further. The uh, the idea of juries, it did just pop into Jefferson's mind when he read uh, Madison's letter. It was something that had a 400-year, at least, history that was well understood, well practiced, by those that were sitting in office in the United States at the time all these things were happening and that for i mean it's it's like the 400 year practice of um, impeachment i mean they had a clear understanding of this as they wrote it into the constitution and there was a standard that was there and, and this idea of 12 had been long, a long standing standard again it's not written into the constitution but the fact of the matter is that this has been whittled away and whittled away. It's, it's a slice at a time destruction of this. This thing that was so ardently held by Jefferson and the others of the anti-federalists that, uh, that wrote and said, we've got to have protection of juries, we've got to have a Bill of Rights, etc. these things were well established. Now, again, on the other hand of that were the guys that wrote the Constitution that said, yeah, we know that. We didn't, we didn't violate any of that stuff. In fact, we wrote juries into the third article. At any rate, they wanted it more further protected. And so, again, where it says if you have a civil suit that exceeds $20, you get a jury. And and all of this stuff, I mean, it's kind of like how much do we have to say? You, if This is the way it was. Well, and, it is, is, and they try to this build, is violate
1: this do. because of expedience, ladies and gentlemen. And this is where 90% of uh, the violations of the checks and balances and the protections that we see, it's all under expedience. They say, well, golly, $20 isn't a big enough number. And, or it's not a big enough crime. And, or, and they say it's too much of a pain. Well, that just kind of proves the point. If it's too much of a pain, maybe a lot of these things shouldn't even be prosecuted at all if it's too much of a pain. How much of it comes down to little tic-tac fines or this or that that eat out the substance of the people and stuff like this? They wouldn't be able to continue if you got a traffic ticket and they wanted to charge you 150 bucks. They had to have a jury every single time, see. They wouldn't be giving out all these traffic tickets. But if you can violate the jury and just say, hey, we can just fine you, assign this, ta- and you got to go there and prove your innocence or pay up kind of an idea, this is where we've been nickel and dimed and harassed and abused. And you go read the Declaration of Independence and you get the point that they're making that it eats out the substance of the people and violates the rights. The Sixth Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, was intentionally put in place to serve as an anecdote to the abuses of the American, quote, police state, folks, ensuring that when people are accused of a, quote, crime, and that's criminal or civil, they divide that up and try to play games too, but a crime, they know what they're being charged with, They are given the opportunity to have a fair, speedy, and public trial, an impartial jury, the right to an attorney, and the chance to confront and question their accusers. All these things are in place, and every one of these things are under assault, including, well, we would normally have a public trial because of the COVID. we got to go ahead and have you on a... Uh, well, you can't even be in person and you can't certainly, you can't face your accuser there now. Uh, and this is the problem. We're facing every aspect of this is being literally abused and slaughtered from a speedy trial uh, to facing your accuser uh, to due process of law, etc., cetera, etc. Et everything under the sun in this is being assaulted like you wouldn't believe because this is one of the greatest protections. This is the last line of defense. Uh, if you will, Dr. Bradley,
2: well, it's the last line of defense before the second amendment, but the f- the fact of the matter is if we violate this to this point at some point, uh, there will be uh, imposed upon the people almost a revolutionary response that uh that is violent, and that's what we'd like to avoid. All of these are safeguards. We've talked in many occasions on your program about how the American jurisprudence program was designed and developed by the American founders. If it had a bias at all, it was biased in favor of the accused. So they did everything they could to prevent the accused from being ramrodded and railroaded into an unjust solution, an innocent person convicted. And and so they protected at every turn. And the jury is one of the, the great bulwarks against that problem. And, and so... Uh, all of these founding fathers believed this. All of them knew this historical 400 years of experience and everything else like that. This was plainly on the table. And it, it's interesting to me. Let's go to the Sparks case, a Sparks case of 1895, where um, this idea of jury notification was largely set aside by the uh, Supreme Court. I think it was a 6-2 decision, if I'm recalling it. But at any rate, they says. No, no, you can, only ju- you can only apply the law, okay? And, and that was never the case. And, again, we can go back and look at American Founding Fathers. We can look at the historical precedent where if a law existed in plain English and it said blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah happened, and uh, well, according to the judge, you've got to find them guilty. Well, sometimes applying the law is unjust. In the case, for example, of a a small uh, woman that was attacked by a a large brute that uh, was, uh, I mean, he, there was no way she could defend herself unless she shot the guy. And there was a law that says thou shalt not shoot anybody. She was guilty according to the law. But the jury could say, you know what, we're setting aside the law because she has a right to defense. And she could shoot the guy because he was attacking her, and we don't give a hang, and she goes free. Again, it doesn't change. And there, there's without... a
1: moral hierarchical values here that must be applied. This is where we left it in the hands of the people to use their moral code, in this case to say, look, this guy has no right to harm this woman. She has every right to self-defense. Her right to self-defense
2: morally trumps the law in this case, right? Absolutely. And So the, the law is set aside in the interest of justice and and all of this was clearly and plainly understood but we've been whittling away at this thing and, and by the way we the people are again complicit in this and we're complacent and all those kinds of things because we the people oftentimes go to the greatest of lengths to try and avoid jury duty and and by the way they try to find the people to be on juries live under a rock or something, the most ignorant and uninformed people they can find. No, that was never the intent. In fact, it could have been your next door neighbor that was accused. And And oftentimes they they
1: get juries that aren't really your peers either.
2: That's exactly what I'm talking about. The fact of the matter is they look for people that are so far removed from everything. And the idea is no, no. If you knew the moral character of this individual, your next door neighbor, let's say, I'm not sure we all do that anymore anyway in our cloistered communities. but. But the fact of the matter is, that should mean you would be a perfect juror. And, and it's interesting to me. Uh, I have had jury duty that's come towards me many times. I've never been selected for one. But I remember one in which uh, there was a, a line of questioning going, and I've told you about this, I think, on the radio before, where uh, the question was, who in all of history would you most uh, desire to meet? And, of course, through my mind runs all these things, you know, some of these great founding fathers and everything else like that, prophets and all this kind of stuff. But the greatest of all the great is the Savior. And so my answer was the Savior. Go ahead and skip this break, would you guys? Thank you.
4: Keep going, doctor.
2: Well, that is who I would most like to meet in all of history, The Savior. And in spite of all these other great ones too, that I'd like to meet too, but he overtrumps. oh, that's maybe not a good term he He overarches the rest of them at any rate. I was eliminated and and Dang i, I you didn't can't be know, talking about
1: Jesus in the court buddy oh
2: no, come on You're that challenge the judge stretch. so i was I was eliminated, but the fact is, I answered honestly, so I think they try to get by the way i I don't know who overruled me uh whether it was defense or prosecutor, I assume it was the defense because the guy was on a, a morals charge for some immoral activity that was happening uh, in our community with uh, with some minors and stuff like this. And it's kind of like, we can't have a guy that wants to judge using the Savior's law, whatever. At any rate, I was kicked off. But mo- so many people nowadays do everything in their power to avoid what is one of the last the last guardrails, if you will, before we go off the cliff, and and actually have rebellion, and and most people are saying, oh, I can't be bothered with that. I mean, my goodness, I, I've got to take the garbage out that day or whatever. I mean, and the fact is that uh, I have sat through, start to finish, jury trials, and watched them bring back verdicts that reflected their complete ignorance of everything upon which our great republic is founded. I mean, I have been amazed at this. So they're whittling away by by saying, no, you can't have somebody with a moral basis of their, you know, the way they look at life. You can't have somebody that's ever been informed about it. You can't have somebody that has ever given any consideration about other than anything what... How long does it take to boil an egg or something like that? Yeah, the more fully uh,
1: informed you are as a juror, the more they don't want you there. They want juries that simply uh, rubber stamp the judges, quote, you know, dictated orders to the jury. They don't want people to be fully informed. They don't want people to understand they could judge the law. They don't want people to appeal to God and God's laws uh, for guidance. They don't want people that are fully informed that understand the proper role of limited government. They don't want these things because what happens is the people start to set case precedent um, in the favor of we the people and in the favor of the, the the rule of law in America. They don't want that. They want judges to determine the outcome. They really want to have the, the visual of a jury or the you know the feeling of a jury so that everybody feels like, oh, man, yeah, we're doing this thing right. But they don't want any part of what a real jury stands for or does, a fully informed jury. They want no part of that knowledge, that um, understanding of the, the law as well as the case before them. Uh, looking to God for moral guidance to prioritize morals, et etc they don't want those kind of people. they want rubber stamp people doctor
2: well indeed th- they seem to and and the bias now that I sadly have to admit is often the case. The bias now is in favor of the uh, um, in in favor of the prosecution it's It's a complete flipped on its head kind of thing from where it was back in the American founding era. And so we're getting less and less justice, which, by the way, um, is, is a big issue in, in why revolutions occur. If, there, if justice cannot be found in, the, in those that, that uh, sit at the head of the government or those that are, are in the justice seats, then the people become dismayed. And, and uh, the idea, well, let's look at the pre- preamble of the Constitution. The intent was to establish justice. And that example we threw out about the small woman being attacked by a large man and having to defend herself, it was only the only true, just way to carry that out was say, yeah, she could defend herself. But, but when that stuff becomes questionable, again, we lose, promote the general welfare, which is again talked about in the preamble. The general welfare is predictability and stability. That's good government. And if good government has lost its predictability and stability in terms of justice and, and all the other things we're looking at, no foreign invasions, no uh, uh, civil disruptions, no bad economy based upon fake money and all this kind of stuff, which all of our economy, and I mean, or fake money is everything that in this economy now. The Federal Reserve is fake money. But the fact of the matter is that is where we are casting aside the original intent of the American Founding Fathers, and it will ultimately lose this cause of liberty and proper government that was established at what at such great cost by the American Founding Fathers. This jury thing is a big deal, and and it just well, about this kept is, us this from getting... Well, this is why when
1: you mentioned money, I want to highlight this. If we have dishonest money, what makes you think anything else in our society will be honest?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it's it's Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. I mean, and Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't believe their sins were completely based upon sexual uh, perversion. I believe Sodom and Gomorrah had a lot of theft, if you will. They they were people that they they took advantage of their brother or their neighbor or their or a stranger in the land or whatever to the point that they could um, uh, it was profit and all that kind of stuff where. Where justice was not available in so many instances, and I believe that was one of the great reasons. And I think we can go back to some, some non-canonized uh, doctrine from uh, anciently about this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, we in America have gone far. Everybody's a thief, a thief now. I mean, almost without exception, we have all become thieves because government now is pulling the levers of government in favor of some. You know, special case we're looking for, so that it will give us some leg up over everybody else. And the government has become in the redistribution method of all of entering all of our lives. They take from some and give to another. Yeah, Although we become so we needed. become uh, partners in crime with legalized plunder. What happens, folks? From in the
1: cradle to the grave, in every way. And then on top of that, we codifies uh, or we codify by our ignorance and our apathy. Uh, Asset forfeiture on top of it
2: all. Well, asset forfeiture is another egregious thing. I mean, where it's like they charge your property with a crime if it happened to be present when they say a crime. But maybe there was never any crime. Maybe there was nothing ever charged. And yet they seize your vehicle or your property or your house or whatever because of that. And, and it's, it's just bizarre. Oh, you mentioned the IRS earlier. There's another perversion of justice where we have uh, separations and delegations in our authority and power. And the executive branch does not have authority to create law nor to judge the law. And so what happens with the, when the uh, legislature unconstitutionally creates the IRS, they, they delegate to them the authority to create law. They say, oh, no, it's just policy or, or it's a regulation or whatever. It's not law. Well, if it's enforced against the people, as though it were law, it is a law. It's a perversion of that. Just like calling a traffic ticket an infraction, rather than what it really is, is one of these things that should be able to go before a jury. They they have all these perverse de- redefinitions. But so what the IRS does, just as to continue that example, they create a law, whether they call it that or not, that they enforce as an executive branch upon the citizens, and then they judge their own law within their own appeals process. And, and that's say, where oh, due Brandy. process
1: is violated. That's where speedy trials are violated. Virtually you know, judge, jury, and executioner, and all the different public officials along the way just rubber stamp it and say, well, uh, man, I can't take
2: on the IRS, see? Well, the 47th Federalist Paper uh, is specific about when you get all of those you know the, the creating the law, the enforcing the law, and the judging the law, in in the one set of hands, and it's specific about whether they're appointed or elected or whatever. No, that is the very definition of tyranny, and that's where the legislature is complicit in saying, "Oh, we can unconstitutionally, because you can't redelegate an authority delegated to you. We have unconstitutionally delegated to the IRS the authority to make the law, judge the law, and enforce the law." And by the way, those that use the argument with me, oh, but when you're done with their process, you can go back and go to a regular court. Well, you are already used up all your resources. You can't say that you have an unlimited amount of resources. You're worn down. You're worn out. You probably have been incarcerated for some period of time. And the fact is that you're, there is not due process in this whole thing. So, so we are whittling away at these these great guardians of whistle now we're taking huge yeah. chunks though and that's
1: the whole point doctor
2: and and the supreme court in its ruling uh you say oh that's such a little thing you can do it with eight jurors as well as 12 but but you start getting away from you know you you might get a it just have you guys ever seen who was it henry fonda that was in 12 angry men that movie go back and review that again Sometimes in old movies we say, you know, this is a cut and dried thing, and we have this uh, ne'er do well kid that's up for trial for knifing somebody, and, and we get one guy that's just got that queasy feeling in his stomach. No, well, no, wait a minute, we ought to review this again. I, I mean, well, think about this with me for a minute, and until finally they bring back a not guilty, and it's like the, everybody's sitting there says, wait a minute, what happened with the. the that all the evidence points to this ne'er do well did it. And when, when you really review everything with detail, there was one person that made th- that made a difference. And if yeah, you say okay, we That one know. person wouldn't have been there, buddy. Yep. But if you only had one person on a jury, if you can if you can cut it to eight or six or, or you know, four or why not just maybe, leave it to yeah. the judge,
1: it'd be so much simpler to save a lot of money. See, and they go amazing. down these, and they go down these roads of dishonesty. One more topic before the end of the hour, because it's happening today, and I've mm-hmm. got to mention it to you. The Senate will convene today at 5:30 p.m. Eastern time on the law they're trying to pass called H.R. 8404. It's a measure, ladies and gentlemen, that will impose same-sex marriage and force states to quote, honor and obey California insane pedophilia child bride laws, along with just about every other perversion of marriage you can think of, folks, Uh, they're going to convene today to push that legislation, shove it down our throats. And sadly, many churches are going along with this. Sadly, uh, Republicans are are supporting Democrats in this. Uh, It's become a deep state perversion. Sadly, that's even being backed by churches. And when you debate it with people because some churches stand for it, it's impossible to break through and help people understand how abusive this will really uh, be.
2: We've got to stand against this today, doctor. There's still hope. No, there's not. And I hate to say that, but they've counted the votes. They know that when they call it together today, they've got the votes. But here's the deal. I would say all churches are not doing this. It's only left-of-center churches that are supporting this. And those churches that have come from what we would have considered to be more traditional and more conservative, they're coming there because they have had their butts protected by the amendment that's been put on this. Okay, They have said, oh, no, 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 we'll throw everybody else's God-given right to make decisions on these things under the bus or over the cliff or however you want to put it, We will throw them overboard so that we can get protection so that we as an institution do not have to be standing tall on this law that we're going to help foist on everybody else. It's a perversion. It will ultimately come back and bite them, and there ultimately and finally we'll find another nail in the coffin, a cutting down of another tree as we go back to that analogy we've used in the past of a man for all seasons and how when The wind comes through, and all those trees have been cut down. What is going to protect us? The religions that are in favor of this are absolutely... It's like Chamberlain. We talked about this last week. Chamberlain and Hitler, uh, gnawing on the bone. What are they going to do with Czechoslovakia? Chamberlain couldn't give Czechoslovakia away righteously. He did, and he emboldened Hitler, Hitler to take more steps in the future. This will come back and bite us. I, I, tragically, we have so many turncoats. First of all, they broke cloture with 12 Republicans going across the aisle, if you will, to make sure this happened. It will canonize same-sex marriage even if, in fact, the Supreme Court comes to its senses at some future case and says, oh no, we goofed up in 2015 when we said it was okay. No, the the concern was they were going to do that because they overturned Roe v. Wade. That's what the genesis of this bill is. In June, when it got overturned, Roe v. Wade, July, the the House passed this Respect for Marriage so-called act, and it it forces all states to recognize it and all limits that uh, that if any state has the lowest common denominator by which they might call a marriage, all states are forced to... That's what you're referring to about, let's say a state says a 12-year-old can get married, uh, and then they come to your state you've got to recognize that as a marriage you know so you've got a 42 year old guy marrying a 12 year old um and, and every state's got to say oh well it's legal in wherever state i'm not going to say who would be that perverse but the fact of the matter is that's where this is going and they're saying oh even if the supreme court overrules their perverse ruling in 2015 every state now has to recognize all of these other twists and turns. So, uh, you know, really, the, the problem is they've counted the votes. Um, so I'm sad to say that. And I understand and your point,
1: but I say are. we've got to call our congressmen and senators. Dude, we've got to do everything we can to go hopefully pray for a miracle, go on record. Uh, it's David and Goliath, and let's give David a few stones and see what, uh, what we can do. Our prayers are that we can stop this. I agree with Dr. Bradley. It looks bleak, but I also agree the vote is today. You need to contact your U.S. senator and ask them to vote no to save religious freedom, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to get that on the record, and I want to uh, be on the record as against it, and I want to do everything we can to hopefully pray for and hope for a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. We need your support. We need your help now. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, our prayers are with the greatest country on the face of the earth. Our efforts are to preserve this nation. sun.com to learn more. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
0: Broadcasting Live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 28th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life liberty and property and to promote god family and country oh man we got a lot to cover today lowell nelson campaign for liberty.org with me welcome to the broadcast sir
6: thank you for having me Sam. it is good to be with you
1: all right they talked about the top of the hour news i just want to get your take on this too the gaslighting uh word has become now top because of its uh Uh, increased use, I guess, according to Webster's Dictionary. Uh, But we're having gaslighting by government everywhere, it seems like. They're making you question your reality. They say, hey, COVID's going to kill everybody. We say, well, the facts aren't that way. Don't care about the facts. you got to question your reality. Well, when they manipulate the truth like that, Fauci got caught lying about masks under oath in court, now proven that he didn't have any studies to back that up. He also locked us all down following the Chinese playbook. Uh, And uh, then got caught at that and had to admit that in court now as well because the great states of Louisiana and Missouri sued the federal government over this very issue. You've got uh, government gaslighting the American people literally almost on every topic, including global warming. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, Lowell.
6: It sure does, Sam. Um, You know, gaslighting is one of those terms that I really didn't pick up on. You know, when it's first used, it's hard to understand. And so, um, I I think we have probably talk about that for just a second. But, but basically, as I understand it, gaslighting is uh, kind of like verbal and emotional abuse that you that well that exists that might exist in a relationship. Um, You know, and and ultimately, the the victim of the the gaslighting is is abused because he, he. he put words in his mouth, or something like that. I mean, what, what, what is do? How, how do you define gaslighting, Sam? Because I don't totally understand it.
1: Well, I'll put it th- to you this way. I think this is kind of the best definition that I can kind of come up with. Let's talk uh-huh. about government gaslighting for a minute, uh, because that's really kind of what we're talking about. Government gaslighting. Government gaslighting uh, is when this. It's a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group of people covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or individuals, making them question their own memory, their own perception, or their own reality on a given topic. All right? So that's what you got to think about they make you question your judgment. So let's take COVID. I say, well, Hey, you know what? There's hundreds of studies out there that say wearing masks don't do any good. In fact, they make the matter worse. Garamut says, no, you're wrong. You don't have a clue. You're not a, you're not a medical professional, Sam. You, you, you got to follow Fauci. Well, now it turns out Fauci literally lied, has no studies to back that up. We find that two plus years later. uh, And we find out that he doesn't have studies to verify what he said, He just, you know, okay, this is gaslighting. They basically made me question my judgment. They made me question my perception, my memory, my own viewpoints, okay, as if I'm not smart enough or good enough. They do this oftentimes uh, on juries where I want to stand up and say this this law is bogus. I'm going to say not guilty. But then the jury instructions say you must prosecute if the law has been violated here. Well, that's not really factually true, but the judge said so. Well, the judge just gaslighted me. Uh, and, and I can go on and on. Global warming, gaslighting. Look, you know what? You're going to kill everybody if you drive your car to work today. I mean, it's just a fact, lol. Now, you know, that's not true. You know, God allowed us to create cars and blessed us so we could you know, be on the earth and all these things. This idea that you're going to kill everybody is gaslighting you. It's making you question or making you seem derelict. And I Okay, this psycho, psychological manipulation uh, is at hand here to make you question everything, and mm, pretty soon you're just browbeat down to where you can't stand up for anything you believe in. I mean, I look, I know you believe in God, but it's just a crutch for ignorance, uh, people who don't know. I mean, you're just, you're just demonstrating your ignorance by believing in God there, uh, lol, because everybody knows that you can't prove there's a God, and so, you know, you lay, lie on this for a crutch and everything else, and, I mean, I I get that you're kind of ignorant and unstable and you can't help it and everything. Uh, You're a good guy. You're just absolutely confused on that there. See, I've gaslighted you about God now. Uh, Anytime that you get browbeat, abused, psychologically manipulated, uh, and this is happening ever increasing by government. And then what they do is they say, see, Sam's peddling fake news. Sam's the bad guy. You need to pay attention to only government sources for your news because they're the only ones that are truthful and honorable and and, and, and have your best interest at heart. See how you've been gaslighted? Now you don't listen to Sam. You just think, man, I better trust the government because, whoa. Uh, I mean, I can give example over example, but there's the definition, and there's some examples to hammer home the point, sir.
6: So gaslighting is really just lying. It's propaganda, right? Yes, it's lying, it's propaganda, and
1: it's fake news, but it's more. Because not only do I paint the lie, but I've got to browbeat you. I've got to psychologically mm-hmm. manipulate you and psychologically belittle you to the point where you buy my lie, so it's not only lying, but it's this manipulation on top of the lie to sell the lie, if you will.
6: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful, man. I appreciate uh, you know hearing those examples because, um, yeah, I mean, based on, on your examples, we're being gaslighted uh, every day. I mean, the news is, and and I guess in social media, that's where some of it is at its worst because in social media, that's where you know that's that's where the lies are spun. That's where the propaganda is spun. And then they and then people who, who post on social media, you know, call you names and they and they uh, uh, they call you stupid. I mean, that, I guess that happens in my work. You know, when I'm talking to my colleagues about COVID, for example, they're all in, right? They're 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 saying yeah. They're happy that they got their vaccine. They got their clot shot, and they're happy that the, you know they're disappointed in in me and in others who don't get you know, don't take the jab. Um, And they say, you're going to, you know, cause, you know, grandma's death because you didn't get the jab. And they're saying that everybody who's dying right now is the unvaccinated, right? We have a, we have a a pandemic of the unvaccinated and, you know, that's not true, but because they say it often enough and, and loudly enough, uh, other people who, who don't study the issues, they, they think they begin to think it's true. They, and and so I don't know. It, it's real propaganda. So okay, I, I appreciate that, Sam, and and I see it uh, all over. I see it all over. Yeah, Sam.
1: and and the and the idea that everybody loves their vaccinations, then what they kind of do is prosecute or persecute you. They prosecute you in the court of public opinion. They persecute you almost. It's shame on Lowell, though. I mean, the guy's running around the office, gonna get everybody sick. Uh, you know, he's just derelict in his understanding. He doesn't trust the the leaders, and he he thinks he knows more about medical than everybody else. And see, now what they've done is they've added and participated in the gaslighting against poor Lull now.
6: Yeah, yeah, not good, See, they become
1: downstream gaslighters is what's happened. All right. Uh (laughs) Well, they're going to do this gaslighting over cash is why I'm bringing this up. Number one, it's the word of the day, uh, according to Webster's Dictionary, so I wanted to bring it up. Or w- The word of the year, I guess they say, this gaslighting term. So I want to make sure everybody's familiar with it. But they're specifically going to do this when it comes to cash. There's a war on cash, lull. LewRockwell.com has an incredible article about this, sir.
6: It sure does, Sam. Um, as you know, and as our listeners know, the globalists, they want to, to they have a society without cash. They've been waging a war on cash for many years, probably decades. They don't want us using cash. Um, so in their efforts to uh, to go cash less, uh, recently the Federal Reserve announced a 12-week pilot program uh, in partnership with several large commercial banks to test the feasibility of a central bank digital currency. That's the CBDC that, that we've been hearing so much about. But the the central bank here in and among the United States is not the only bank to try the federal currency or the digital currency. India is also working on a digital rupee. After successfully running a pilot program to test its digital currency at the wholesale level, the Reserve Bank of India has announced it will test the digital rupee in a retail setting. They are setting the digital rupee Um, equal to the fiat currency rupee on a one-to-one basis. So if you have 100 rupees in your bank account in India, then you'd get 100. You could basically trade that for 100 um, digital rupees there uh, in your account. Now, digital currencies are similar to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Um, And I'm quoting the article now. They exist as virtual banknotes or coins held in a digital wallet on your computer or smartphone. The difference between a a government digital currency and Bitcoin is that the value of the digital currency is backed and controlled by the state, just like traditional fiat currency, end quote. I I just laughed when I read that sentence, Sam, because you know that the traditional fiat currency isn't backed by anything. (laughs) I mean, you can't trade it for gold, can't trade it for silver. Uh, basically, you just trade it for confidence that other people, business people, and other people in the marketplace will accept it if you want to buy something with it. That's the, the confidence that, that, that basically it's sold with. That's the only thing that's backing the, you know, the fiat dollar. And confidence is, is going to be the only thing that's be backing digital currency as well. So the Reserve Bank of India wants each commercial bank in the pilot to test retail use of the digital rupee with 10,000, 50,000 users, okay? So that's like that's a, that's, that's a a small sprinkling of people in India, but it's a, this is a pilot program, so they're just going to test it out in certain cities there in India.
1: There's a war on cash globally, ladies and gentlemen. India is one of the case-bed studies, if you will. Globalists in society want society to go without cash or go to something they can control.
3: We'll talk about it more in seconds with Lil Nelson on your radio. TheEpicTimes.com The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from RangeMagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com.
6: I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong.
5: Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol
3: and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it, because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking.
0: Smoking,
5: if you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: Globalists want society to go without cash, ladies and gentlemen. They have been waging a war on cash for many years. They don't want us to use cash. Lowell Nelson, for Liberty.org with me. And I got a little statistic for you to kind of highlight this. Black, Fly, Black Friday, online sales hit a new record at topped nine plus billion dollars Friday. And they expect today that Cyber Monday to be even bigger,
6: Lowell. Wow, that's huge, Sam. Well, I think one of the biggest things that um, they're touting about digital currency is convenience. Uh, I mean, it really does sound pretty convenient uh, and, and safer. I think they're going to tout safety and they're going to tout convenience. And they're going to, to uh, uh, well, why is it safe? Well, it'll stop criminals from stealing your cash, right? I mean, if you if all you have is is basically digital currency, that means you're not going to get stopped on the street and you know your cash stolen from you. You're not going to have burglaries, uh, have burglars coming into your house uh, stealing your cash, because you won't have any cash at home. It'll all be digital, right? I mean that's they're going to sell it to us this way. Plus they're going to they're probably gaslight you if you don't use digital currency. Then you're just you're, you're encouraging those criminals, right? You're encouraging criminality um, here in society. So that that would be I guess how they would gaslight. People who refuse to to use digital currency. In fact, if you use cash, they will say, "Oh, you're you're uh, you're just uh, sitting duck. You know, you're you're encouraging the criminal element in society to come out and uh, to do harm to to people who who deal in the you know black market of, of cash and coin." Well, I, I imagine that's how they're going to sell it. Um, uh, just my guess. Uh, but if if the pilot is successful, the one here in India we're talking about where they want to have about 50,000 users uh, in retail setting testing digital currencies. Uh, and I don't know how they define success, but if the pilot is successful, then the, uh, the, uh, the Bank of India there will roll out the program to the entire Indian banking system.
1: Now, let, let me tell you how they need... define success really quick so you understand, Lowell. If the yeah. people stand up and push back and shut it down, it will not be successful. If the people allow that government group to succeed, in other words, hey, they let it stand. That's what this pilot project is about. Will the people let it happen? If they will, it's gonna happen. If they won't, it's not gonna happen. And you can say, well, they don't have as much flexibility in India or freedom. Yes, but the people push back. Look, even in China, they're protesting right now. A different topic, they're protesting COVID lockdowns. But the principles are the same. If the people tolerate it, it's going to happen, Lowell. They will only steal away, steal your freedom if you let them.
6: Right on, Sam, and which is why we talk about this. This is why we appreciate Liberty Roundtable and shows like Liberty Roundtable so much because it helps to steal ourselves uh, you know, in, uh, against this type of uh, uh, tyranny because it is tyranny. And, and that brings us to the drawbacks of digital currency, the cost of, of embracing a digital currency the drawbacks of embracing a digital currency are that you know if if you if you eliminate cash from society then you create the potential really for the government to track and even control consumer spending right if this is rolled out to the consumers in India that'll give the the, uh, the government of India the opportunity they can, they can track everything you buy with your digital currency. They can limit how much you can buy, right? They could limit the size of your transaction. And they could even turn off your card your, your, and, and, and thereby stop you from purchasing anything. Um, it's just like, I mean, I wanted to ask you, Sam, if this has ever happened to you. It happened to my wife one time. We were on a trip. Uh, she went to purchase some groceries with the credit card. And um, they declined to, to her card. They said, "Sorry, this you can't. This credit card you can't you can't use that." And um, and so yeah, and so luckily, I mean, I was there with my credit card and or cash. I don't remember which one we had, but um, I was we were able to pay for the groceries that way. But yeah, it's a real discomforting feeling to try to to buy something, and you know, but not and then not be able to. <laughs> and I'm sure that. Sure the feeding would, would be here here would be quite similar if you had you know switched over to digital currency and then you go to buy something all of a sudden you know you're denied <laughs> then, yeah I yeah. had this
1: example happen where I needed to get tires for a car on vacation because uh, uh, uh-huh. on the road one of the tires got uh, it didn't just get a hole in it but it got destroyed to where you had to replace the tire too. Uh, anyways, and so then I was trying to use my card to go ahead and get that resolved and the card wouldn't work. So I called the bank and the bank's like, Oh no, we can't enable this because you, you know, uh, there's been concerns in the area of problems and this and that. And I literally rioted and pushed back and eventually I got them to go ahead and run the charge through. But this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about folks is that look, um, even if it's not your fault, like in this case, it wasn't really my fault. They're just like, hey, there's a lot of crime in the area. You're not from that area. Therefore, we question, you know, all these things. And I'm like, well, look, I just charged this at the grocery store and this, at this, because I, I've been on this trip. I, I use this to go into my hotel. And then they eventually agreed that I was there and it was okay. And they turned it back on. But this is the point. What if they just disagree with me and shut me down? I wouldn't be able to get tires for my car. I wouldn't be able to get home even if I somehow were able to borrow money from somebody else. I, I, it just goes on and on. And whether it's, uh, you know, legitimate reasons like we're talking about that kind of make sense. I mean, look, no one wants fraud. No one wants, right? But what about when they disagree with your political views? You know, lol well, you've been on that Liberty Roundtable live, buddy, and therefore we just don't think you need to spend the cash like you're doing. You know? Yeah. So, folks, we, we got to realize this. What about those ties? What about that social credit score uh, that China talks about that now we're starting to kind of back into in America? Where, you know what? I mean, first off, I mean, lol, that guy's crazy. He just ruins the environment everywhere he go. I mean, look, that guy's got more than two kids. He's crazy. We got to stop him from ruining the environment, you see. Or whatever the case may be, it's an ESG score we're concerned about here uh, as well, lol.
6: Uh, exactly right, Sam. Uh, because you host that Liberty Roundtable show, you know we can't have you spending your money anywhere because you know yeah that's we we frown on that because you're that's you're a given not, you're, that
1: Sam can't spend, but guilt by association <laughs> says that you can't spend either, right?
6: You're you're spinning propaganda, man. You're spouting disinformation and false information, fake yeah, news, I'm all gaslighting the
1: folks. Everywhere, aren't I?
6: Yeah, man, bad dude. We got to stop him. We I mean, don't let him get on a plane. Don't let him. See, and this is what they're, the they're
1: doing, folks.
6: Yeah, they're, and doing, they're doing it, in it China to individuals right now.
1: and guilt by association. It's happening in China, but I also submit to you that it's happening in America right now. It's just businesses with credit card transactions. So they're tackling mm-hmm. the other side of it first, not the spend side, but the charge side. So pretty soon, I won't be able to charge your credit card as a business. Um, uh-huh. That's what's kind of the precursor to this. And a lot of people have been shut down and having a hard time being able to run credit card transactions from a corporate side, Lowell.
6: Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. And and my guess is that the, that'll, the digital currency, if it's implemented, it'll be implemented first for our welfare system, you know, for food stamps. You know, if you want to use food stamps, then, then all you will have to, to purchase food would be a digital currency backed food stamp and then and then they'll go take it to medical care right in order for you to receive medical care in our healthcare system all you have to spend is whatever whatever digital currency you have um, in your you know whatever digital currency bank account and CBDCs and 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 that's all that you'll have and and if you know for some people if that's truly all they have then That'll be their only choice. Either go without medical care or spend the digital dollars that's in their digital bank account. I mean, it's, it's evil what what they're doing, They're but they're pushing and forcing people this direction. Um, and, uh, you know, we we need to push back, just like you say. We need to push back, and we need to have a supply of hard money, in my opinion, that we can use in the event that, um, you know, they, they turn off. Uh, well, in the event that the Federal Reserve notes become worthless, and in in the event that we whatever worthless Federal Reserve notes we have left get converted into digital dollars, and that becomes our only way to spend, you know, money in our new economy, then we're going to need a black market of hard money in order to spend and you know make economic transactions happen. I think. <laughs> I, I think a black market is, is, for cash and coin is a real development. And I know a lot of people who are purchasing gold and silver and and have a, a, a store of Federal Reserve notes on hand because they worry that the, the dollar is going to to plummet to zero and, and they're going to have to rely on digital currency. So they, they're getting cash and coin they're, you know, uh, you know, on hand right now because uh, they're worried about the future, Sam. I don't know. And this strikes me really as, as being a mark of the beast where you can't buy or sell without the mark. Well, I mean, let's dig
1: in further, ladies and gentlemen, because he mentioned the um, welfare system or food stamps or whatever else. Uh, imagine all your college funding being digital like that. Imagine your Social Security check only coming in digital currency. Liberty Roundtable, live in seconds, with Lowell Nelson.
0: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
5: Radio News with Lance Pride. A boil water notice was issued in Houston, Texas, on Sunday after multiple water treatment plants lost power. With a population of 2.3 million residents, Houston Public Works advised the public to avoid drinking water without boiling it first for at least two minutes. Black Friday is coming, gone. It's now time for Cyber Monday. Katie Lewis has more.
3: Major retailers are rolling out Cyber Monday deals. That group includes Amazon, Walmart, and Target in what's expected to be the biggest online shopping day of the year. Cyber Monday comes just days after Black Friday. Adobe Analytics says a record $9.1 billion was spent online for Black Friday alone. Adobe adds Cyber Monday is projected to grow more than 5% over last year, with more than $11 billion in sales. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis.
5: Maricopa County, Arizona is finally ready to certify their election Monday after 31% of their equipment had failures, leading to some calling it a flawed election, disenfranchising many voters. Malfunctions occurred at 63 of the county's 223 vote centers. The Arizona Attorney General is expected to certify the election today. More than 3,000 flights into or out of the United States have been delayed as of Sunday afternoon on the busiest travel day after Thanksgiving. Rain, wind, and thunderstorms are contributing to the issue. Another storm system moving into the Pacific Northwest is expected to bring heavy snow to the Cascades and northern Rockies. Winds in Wyoming and Montana will also be an issue Monday. An estimated 54.6 million people traveled over the holiday weekend. USA Radio News.
0: Stress, it never seems to end when you owe money to the IRS. What about the years of unfiled tax returns? Have you tried another tax service and gotten nowhere? Then you need Tax Alliance. Why? Years of being A-plus rated with a better business bureau with no consumer complaints sets them apart. Call 800-624-9275. That's 800-624-9275. Don't wait until the IRS attacks your wages, bank account, your home or pension, and even your Social Security check. Tax Alliance specializes in IRS tax relief programs, including the Fresh Start Initiative, which can finally free yourself from IRS. IRS debt. Their tax professionals can file returns. Fight the IRS to substantially lower your IRS debt or possibly even have it forgiven. If you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled tax returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call 800 624 9275.
5: That's 800 624 9275. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution.
1: Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org, and Sam Bushman on your radio. The elimination of cash, ladies and gentlemen, creates more than the potential, the probability of government to track and even control your consumer spending, folks. We must not allow Congress or the Federal Reserve System to implement a quote digital currency to replace the fiat dollar uh, in America. That's what the globalists want because that gives them control, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to stand up against this. And I'm not defending fiat fake currency. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, one is bad, the other is worse uh, is kind of the point, Lowell. Yeah,
6: one is bad and the other is worse. No question about that. But we know that the bad is on its way out. The World Reserve currency um, right now is the Federal Reserve note. But history teaches us that no fiat currency lasts more than, you know, 100 years, 120 years, basically. Uh, you know, over the over the decades, over the centuries, uh, some have lasted as 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 little as 80 years, and some have lasted 120 years. Well, the Federal Reserve note is coming up on 120 years, 110, 120 years, any time now, and and uh, it, so it's. Going to cease to be our world reserve currency uh, at some point. We don't know when, but we know that it will cease to be the world reserve currency. And so, what's going to replace it? Well, my my speculation is that the globalists want to replace it with the digital dollar. And um, you know, and, and people who are, who are getting used to um, you know cryptocurrency, uh, the digital dollar will be touted just as to be just as secure as cryptocurrencies and so forth and but the the key difference will be that the government has control of the digital dollar whereas you know the public has control of cryptocurrency plus you know cryptocurrencies depend on electricity and if there's a EMP strike then and we're out of power then that would that would cripple our economic system so again the safest thing to do in my opinion Sam is to have you know, gold and silver coinage on hand uh, or other commodities with which to barter so that you can continue to conduct economic transactions in the marketplace regardless of whether you have electricity, regardless of whether you have uh, any fiat dollars in your wallet. Um, so, uh, I don't know. That's my solution, Sam. I, Amen. I'm sure you Couldn't, agree. Couldn't
1: agree more, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to keep cash uh, alive. Uh, it's not great. Constitutional currency much better, but cash at least means that you can do transactions, quote, offline uh, without government monitoring and supervision and control. Without lockdowns, whether it's something as extreme as an EMP, as Low mentioned, or whether it's something as simple as gully—they, you know what—a windstorm, uh, you know, knocked trees down and therefore you don't have electricity at your house. So now you can't order in food if you need to, or anything like that. Or man, you can't go out to this or that. Or uh, all I'm telling you is, folks, we need to work on cash, on ways when- to barter, on ways to to transact without government electricity and the control grid being at the center of it all.
6: Yeah, just one more point on that, Sam. Maybe I should just tell people, uh, tell folks what I do. Um, I never go to the store and purchase anything with my credit card anymore. What I do instead is I go to the ATM and get these uh, fiat currency, these Federal Reserve notes out of the ATM, and then I go to the store and I spend my Federal Reserve notes at the store. Um, and, and I do that on purpose because I want, I want people, I want stores that I frequent, and I want people I deal with to know that I deal in cash. And I don't, I don't like to use plastic. I, I do have a credit card in order to purchase gasoline at, at service stations and so forth. Uh, i guess i could even amend my ways there and go in and, and pay for cash there too if i yeah I where you need a credit card time. is if you're
1: going to do plane tickets or some of these different things you don't have a choice so yeah. there, your point's well taken that there's a few situations where you know you've got to to use uh, plastic but for the most part using cash is wise and we encourage it and trust you me the government let digital currency or um you know, cryptocurrency flourish online for the public, making you believe it was a way to get away from government. But eventually they're going to close that back door and it's going to be as government tyrannical as it always uh, was from the beginning. They just made you believe that it was a freedom fighter move uh, so they could gain control of it. They let that flourish on purpose, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just a mistake. You didn't just somehow escape the, the system. It isn't true. It won't last. Uh, so then what you got to do is when you can't buy groceries, you got to get into regenerative farming lull.
6: Now, that's what I'm not talking about, <laughs> bet you betcha, man. Um, you know, and, and maybe it's because of my farming background, uh, growing up on a ranch in Idaho. But, boy, I feel such a great affinity to, to the land, you know, to farmland and, and to countryside and to timber, uh, forests and so forth, because I, I just really believe that we each need our own patch of grass. You know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving where, The the key lesson from Thanksgiving that we really ought to learn and hit home every time we celebrate Thanksgiving is that the socialistic, the communistic approach to to ownership of of food and land uh, didn't work at Plymouth. It didn't work in, in the early colonies. They tried it. It didn't work. People were starving. But the minute they turned it back over to property owners, so that you could benefit from the fruits of your own labor. Then they flourished as a society, as a cult, you know, as a, as a people, uh, the pilgrims flourished once they did that. And that's the most important thing that we can learn from Thanksgiving is that lesson of, of uh, of, uh, private ownership of property. And it, and, and it becomes more important now for us to have private property. We need to own our property and we need to be able to, to, uh, be a steward on our land, whether we, we have a garden or have an orchard or have farmland where we raise hay for cattle, whatever it is, we need farmland. Everybody needs a little bit of land where they can uh, grow their own food. Because what's happening is that a lot of our farmland is being bought up by big ag, right? Big agriculture, and and Bill Gates is right in the middle of this. Um, some time ago, he secured. Um, approval to purchase 2,100 acres uh, from Capital or Campbell Farms, which is a potato grower in northeastern North Dakota, for thirteen and a half million dollars. Okay, now this, along with the 270,000 other acres of farmland he's previously purchased in the U.S., makes him Bill Gates the largest private farmland owner in the country. This is according to Yahoo News, uh, July. Fifth of 2022 article, uh, just this year. Well, so what is he up to, right? He is not a farmer. I guarantee you, he is not a farmer. He's a techno guy, and and but why does he want to own so much farmland? Well, we can only speculate about that. But you know, he's a businessman, and if he's investing in farmland, I imagine he intends to get a return on his investment, either in terms of money or in terms of control. Um, So we got this Will Harris, owner of White Oak Pastures in Bluffton, Georgia. He puts it this way. He says, quote, I hate to see someone who has no idea what to do with it to be put in a position to control it. How well do you think that I would do running a tech company or a financial institution? It's the same logic as letting a guy like Bill Gates manage something as complex as an ecosystem. He lacks the understanding to steward it properly, end of quote. (laughs) So to put this another way, Sam, this would be like me buying up twenty-five radio stations. I wouldn't know what to do with even the first radio station, let alone twenty-five of them. You know, I'd ruin them because. Well, nah, I, if you did I don't that, know, guys
1: like me would help you. You'd be successful, but that's another topic.
6: <laughs> okay, well maybe so, but I'm guessing Gates that Bill Gates is 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 ruining the farmland that he owns, the area that he controls too. Right? I mean, I mean, how else do you explain Bill Gates buying up all this farmland? He's not a farmer. He doesn't know anything about an ecosystem and uh, he's ruining the farmland he's on and 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 I'll tell you why he's doing it Um, because well this is all speculation right but it turns out that a lot of his land purchases have been done under the cover of investment firms and so you know you look at the title to these properties they don't say Bill Gates on them but they say something like maybe Cascade Investments LLC for example or the name of a small company in Louisiana, which has which uh, purchased a 14, almost 15,000 acres in 2020 in, in the state of Washington. These are big tracts of land. These are hundreds and hundreds of square miles of farmland. Now, Sam, I really doubt that Bill Gates understands organic, biodynamic, or regenerative farming. And um, which is what is needed to, to heal ecosystems and to produce truly sustainable nourishing food for the future generation more than likely sam it's my view that he'll want to gen genetically engineer the crops that he grows on his land and maybe introduce the spike proteins that are found in the clot shop hey, go ahead so skip the, this
1: break guys this is too good go ahead Lowell.
6: yeah so it's yeah, so it's to immunize or to kill more people. I put immunize in quotes there because I really put kill because that's what the claw shots are doing. They're killing people. Um, and so he's he's putting together, right, these um, the genetically modified crops, GMOs, so he can immunize or kill more people to reduce the global population by a certain percent. We have heard him on a TED Talk talking about if the if the, uh, the vaccinations... Uh, are successful, we'll be able to reduce world population by 10 or 15%. We got him saying that in a TED Talk. And so he want, he's a youth, youth and, you know, eugenicist who, who wants to succeed at reducing global population by genetically engineering crops that will, in turn, kill people so that we have fewer of our useless eaters populating the planet. Sam, I think that's his end game.
1: Amen to that. And there's an interesting article, by the way, in the New York Post. Headline says this. Bill Gates attempts to explain why he bought more farmland than anyone else in the country. Uh, And he goes off about climate change. He goes off about farming and agriculture is important. When he gets done, nobody understood his answer. And so the bottom line is this is either he doesn't know he said that his investment group you know told him to buy the land but either he doesn't know or he doesn't want to share this information but his uh, answer was very confusing that's quite telling if you ask me why i bought farmland i would tell you why i would say hey i bought farmland to make sure that we have enough food for me and my neighbors and my friends and people and loved ones and and i'm going to make sure that they don't have gmo seeds that that uh, basically ruin the ability for seeds to continue to uh, to prosper and regenerate. Uh, in other words, these seeds that are dead after first use uh, is a concern to me, and I want to make sure we have land where real farming takes place. Uh, I want to make sure that in the uh, you know, climate change reality of these goons that are lying and, and gaslighting over climate change, I want to make sure that we have uh, food and that we understand. Uh, I want to tie myself to the earth. I wanna, I'd have a lot of answers, but he didn't have any, and I find that very scary and telling, Lowell.
6: I do too, Sam, and and just so people know, we're not doing pure speculation here, let's look at his track record. Uh, In Africa, for example, in in 2006, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, launched an organization called the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, Uh, pseudonym there is A-G-R-A, AGRA, Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, okay, launched in 2006 to promote biotechnology and chemical fertilizers, but after one decade, Agra's influence has significantly worsened the situation in the 18 African nations targeted by this philanthropic endeavor. Hunger, under Agra's direction, increased by 30%, and rural poverty rose dramatically." So that's what and why is this happening? I mean, okay, so that's his track record, right? That's what happens if you let Bill Gates buy up the farmland and introduce pesticides and chemical fertilizers and GMOs and hormone implants and so on. That will result in these horrible unintended consequences that adversely impact our land, our water, our climate, our livestock, our our gardens and orchards and everything about it. It adversely impacts those things. And so, now,
1: Bill Gates also has investments in seeds that produce only once, this technology where seeds don't spontaneously reproduce uh, like they used to, Lowell. That's another interesting twist, right?
6: Yes. The GMO, genetically modified organisms, they, 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 don't, uh, they, they create them so that they will not reproduce, right? You can plant the seed. It will grow into a plant, but that plant will be infertile won't be able to, you can't use the seed from that plant to grow additional crops in other words they're thwarting the plan of God which is that the you know he plants herbs of the field in 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 his garden in on, on planet earth they're supposed to multiply and replenish right and they but but if the Bill Gates approach is you you only grow once and then you die right I mean that's
1: and this is why we say regenerative farming is more important than ever before. Bill Gates uh, in serious question about his agenda. But here's what's interesting. Not only are the seeds being intentionally stopped, now we're finding out that COVID creates fertility problems, etc. Now there's a new Israeli study out, and it shows that male fertility has plummeted 62% worldwide. And is accelerating, according to Breitbart. The Human Reproduction Update Journal reports that sperm counts dropped by 62% over the last 15 years. And it is picking up pace. And the lead author of the study warned that, hey, this decline. uh, Let's see here. That this decline uh, is caused by several things. They linked low sperm counts to obesity, sedentary lifestyles, smoking, and exposure to certain chemicals and pesticides. Now, they didn't do the due diligence study on how is this happening, what are the primary causes. That's what they need to do, though, because it's interesting to me that the same agenda happening to seeds are happening to people. They're literally creating this new reality that we all face where reproduction is being shut down by all kinds of means possible. Sadly, Bill Gates right at the center of it. Uh, We've always been in a welfare state for the last, our lifetimes, but it's getting worse. Wallowing in a welfare state, I guess, is our future Jacob G. Hornberger, uh, LewRockwell.com, right?
6: Great article, Sam. He starts with the observation that uh, that some convicts, you know, prison, ex-convicts, they will commit new crimes because what they really want to do is get caught and be returned to prison. <laughs> now, most of us uh, on the outside here would think that's counterintuitive. But, you know, Hornberger is saying this this behavior really should not surprise us. He says in prison, the state takes care of prisoners. Right. They provide them the food, the housing, everything they need, health care, clothing. In fact, in some prisons, prisoners even get a paying job so they can feel productive in prison while they work while they're in prison. Right. And so much of the time, these prisoners are free to lie around, relax in their cells, watch television, play basketball, lift weights, you know, whatever. Um, And sometimes prisoners are even provided a formal education. And, of course, I'm, I'm all for that, you know, and education is good. And, um, and the best part of all of this is that it is free. <laughs> In other words, these convicts, they trade freedom for security. Where have we heard that before, Sam? <laughs> Mr. Ben Franklin, right? Um, if the state tosses these guys out of prison, they'll they become responsible for, for themselves and for their own well-being. And that's not easy, right? That's harder they need money to buy food, housing, a car, and other things. This means they need to find and keep a job. Well, (laughs) it's just better to trade liberty for security. You know, these ex-convicts, they'd rather be in prison where they don't have to work uh, to, to, you know, to to feed their faith. And and so Hornberger says this phenomenon shouldn't surprise us, really, because it's no different from the welfare state in which we live currently, right? Most people have traded liberty for what they think is security (laughs) he says quote the purpose of government in a welfare state is to take care of the citizenry not only by providing them with government doles but also by restricting their range of choices so that they don't have to experience excess anxiety end of quote (laughs) Yeah, i never thought about the mental part but yeah if you have choices to make apparently that's uh, that makes a person anxious (laughs) you know freedom freedom can be dangerous you have to make choices out here interesting well, you know, you think about it, Sam, that's what Social Security and Medicare uh, is all about, right? The government takes care of people when they get old. They don't have to worry about starving to death or dying in the street from some disease. The government will take care of them. What about public schools? They, they, that's to educate or to propagandize our children. So parents are relieved of that responsibility. Didn't God give parents a responsibility to educate their children? And how many parents? Today yes, not are, only
1: not only the responsibility, but the commandment, the obligation. Right. This isn't just a responsibility. This is a mandate for parents uh, to be responsible for children.
6: Right. And and yet the welfare state turns it on its head. It repudiates what God commands. Uh, what about education grants and loans? Isn't that what they're all about? Right. To help young people get an education. Well, it's creating dependency. What about the FDIC, right, the federal, I can't remember what that stands for, but basically uh, Depositors Insurance Corporation? Um, It assures people that they won't lose their money in the event of a bank failure, right? So we got that security. What about public housing? This means low-cost housing for the poor, (laughs) creating more dependency. Food stamps, it ensures that the poor won't go hungry. Medicaid ensures that the poor can get health care. Farm subsidies helps needy farmers. Corporate bailouts help needy corporations. Drug laws help to keep people healthy, right? They ensure that people who deal drugs get punished. Immigration control, uh, they, that helps protect us from, uh, from immigrant invaders. What about trade wars and trade restrictions? Well, that, that, <laughs> those are designed to protect us from foreigners who would dump cheap products here. The military-industrial complex and all the spy agencies that theoretically keep us safe from terrorists, from drug dealers, from illegal immigrants, from Muslims, from communists, and everyone else who wants to invade the U.S. and conquer us. Are we seeing a pattern here, all the lies, all the the, the constituent parts of the federal welfare state in which we find ourselves, Sam, I mean, so should, should anyone be surprised that convicts want to get back into prison? Uh, who readily trades yeah, liberty like for
1: club in there
6: <laughs> What was that?
1: It's like a boys' club in there, buddy.
6: Oh yeah, it, it's a fun place to be. Um, but that's the where the the current welfare warfare state around us. You know, we live in this welfare state today. Look at uh, everything I just named. Everything that Jacob G. Hornberger put in his article. You know, public housing, food stamps, public education, bailouts of all kinds. We are so used to this that we that, that that you know we just accept these handouts. We accept these government bailouts, and uh, so we really shouldn't be surprised when the ex-convicts they commit crimes so they can get back into prison. It almost
1: it almost makes you wonder if we're a big prison on the outside, in a sense, ladies and gentlemen. Because the government, big enough to give you everything you need and or want, is also big enough. To take everything that you have, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that as we wrap up the show today. One final topic that I want to get your take on. Elon Musk now says that he would back Ron DeSantis for president in twenty twenty four. It's heating up, but I don't see a single person that I'd vote for yet, Lol. <laughs>
6: well, that's right on, Sam. You know, until Ron Paul runs or someone like Ron Paul runs. I really don't see anybody out there either, but this just underscores the importance of our of, of taking an interest in local politics, right? But we can't do much to affect national politics. But so we can do a whole lot that will affect local politics, and it's really the local uh, jurisdictions that can help to um, erect barriers against the encroachment upon our liberties by the larger uh, government, by the general government, and by the state government, right? If we have a we have local government and state government and state legislatures with backbone who will, you know, stop the general government from, from um, their overreach and from their tyrannical overreach, then we'll be okay. You know, it won't really matter who's president. Um, if, um, if we have a strong governor, if we have a strong legislature, and if we have strong people in local office, I'm talking about sheriffs and county clerks and so forth. Uh, who understand the proper role of government, and I I don't particularly care who gets elected president of the general government, Sam.
1: I'm voting for Lowell and Dr. Scott Bradley. That's who I'm voting for, people. Lowell's right on the local reality, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a role to play in this wonderful country, and I know there's a lot of things that are of great concern coming down the pike, but I'm telling you, if we turn to God Almighty and repent— If we focus on the fundamental unit of our uh, society, the family, a traditional God-ordained family with one man, one woman, married, welcoming children to the relationship, etc if we focus on God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we focus on families, and we focus on the proper role of of government, self-governed individuals demanding accountability via the checks and balances and the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, there's nothing that can stop us from being the greatest and continuing to be and restoring the greatest country on the face of the earth. And that's why we focus so hard on those things because we believe that's where the solutions are. I know things look pretty negative and pretty concerning, but folks, we've got to trust in God. We've got to do our best, trust in those around us. Uh, And we've got to provide tremendous leadership. And that's what this show is about, Lowell, providing guidance and leadership and clarity on the issues of the day in a meaningful way to help people understand the Founding Fathers' viewpoints, what they did in their day, and then how we can take that in in modern times and apply the same tried, true, tested principles to our lives, maximizing liberty uh, by appealing to God's rule of law, Lowell.
6: Exactly right, Sam. Let's uh, get out of debt. Let's change our habits. Let's recognize some of the trappings of the welfare state around us and and work to get out of them. Let's reject this welfare state around us. Let's be independent and self-reliant, Sam.
1: CampaignforLiberty.org is the website around the country. Lowell is our regional state director, if you will, Uh, and he does a wonderful job, and we encourage you to get involved with Campaign for Liberty everywhere, Wherever you are, find your leader and get involved in meaningful ways. For Dr. Scott Bradley, last hour, Lowell Nelson, and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. Lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, share the love, live and on demand radio, free at your fingertips. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States
6: of America.